You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to the live broadcast, ladies and gentlemen. We're live at NAB 2016. My name is Ryan Treasure. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com forward slash live events. I'm joined by our co-host, the Tech Cat. Lori H. Swartz. How you doing, Lori? <laughs> Meow. Uh, I'm doing fine. We're uh, at the end of a three-day event here, and I can't think of a better way to cap off uh, our interviews today than to talk to our two friends who are on probably the most popular and well-attended panel of the three days, our Snapchat panel. Yeah, it was crazy. Oh. There were The people filled up the entire area, plus overflowed into the uh, the walkway, and it was amazing. You guys are, are just fantastic. They yeah. were, like, grabbing at them, and we had to get, poli- <laughs> we had to get police. I wanted to give away my seat. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so are we going to have to, like, get an escort out the building, right, with the limo and all that to make sure that you guys aren't accosted? Well, um, I, I had reached out to, to Saba because a friend of mine said she's the one, and Saba is doing a lot of um, educating people in business about um, about Snapchat, as well as being a popular Snapchatter herself. And she brought her, her various colleagues who are hot in the space, including Sean. So wh- why don't you guys tell us a little bit about your beginning in the Snapchat space? Because um, I know a lot of people are trying to figure out what is this phenomena about? Right. Yeah. So for me, um, I started on Snapchat in 2011. So right when it came out, um, as many of you know, it was very stigmatized early on. A lot of people were using it for uh, inappropriate content, let's just say. Uh, but really, it Shocking. was a, yeah, it was <laughs> it was a communication tool, really. For me, it was like, how can I send this dress that I want to buy to five of my girlfriends at one time and not have to utilize text messaging? Right. So for me, it had a lot of application. And I think it really resonated with a lot of um, younger people. Right. Like, Obviously, it skews a lot younger than maybe like a Facebook or a Twitter does in terms of functionality and adoption. So for me, it was very natural. And as the um, platform grew and evolved, I felt like I was falling more and more in love, right? It just matures. When someone matures, you fall more in love with, you know, how much capabilities they have, how much capacities, the functionality. God, you're talking about my marriage now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's really how I see it. I mean, like, I think, I mean, like, think about, obviously, Sean, like, you're on it too, like, how much time we spend on these platforms. Like, if you look at my battery usage, seven. 96% of my time is on Snapchat, right? On my phone. So I spend a significant amount of time. And so for me, like just seeing how they added the stories and with every product iteration, I've just fallen more in love and it has enhanced my creativity. One of the things I love talking about with Snapchat is like it empowers creativity in a a different way in every single person. And so um, about a year and a half, two years ago, I decided to really uh, go all in and start you know, teaching people and talking about it very casually, like, hey, you can do this, you can do that. And then it kind of just evolved into, you know, teaching businesses about Snapchat and helping them utilize this um, in more of a strategic way that'll bring value and really uh, be a serious marketing channel that will actually provide sales and awareness and all the things that marketing is really supposed to do. And Sean, how about you? When did you jump in? I jumped in. I went all in two years ago. um, And I decided to stop all other social media platforms to just go all in. I just saw an opportunity really because Gary V at the time, two years ago, was really... And Gary Vayner is a very famous and well-known social media advisor and personality himself and uh, publishes a lot of books and is well-regarded by Wall Street as well as an expert in the space. Yep. So exactly. So two years ago, he's talking about it. And um, we weren't really listening at the time, but... um, And I had downloaded the app, too, at the time, too. And I said, cool, I give it a try. And then I hated the app completely because it wasn't your typical social media um, app, right? It was totally different. There was not a news feed. Um, There wasn't a discovery 
functionality in it, so I gave it up. Um, but then there was a point where he said, the people who are killing it on Snapchat at that time were doodling on pictures and videos. And I was like, oh, doodling? I never, I didn't know you can doodle on <laughs> pictures and videos. And were you, uh, are you a graphic person by, were you doing graphics and artwork before? Um, growing up, I always wanted to be a animator, a cartoonist of some sort, um, but I ended up getting into the marketing field. Um, so I, I lost that whole freehand component in life yeah. um, because everything went digital, right? Um, but then when he mentioned Doodle, that opened up a whole new world for me. And it brought back what I was missing um, growing up. And I started to create these cartoons in my everyday life um, on the app. Uh, never knowing or n no intentions of just becoming an influencer, quote unquote influencer, or, you know, um, trying to get my content out there. It was really just having fun with the platform. And then I started to create these just stories that, that just snowballed into something different. And um, now I um, help brands tell their stories on the platform. So it was just this whole transition of, of just falling in love with with the, the tools. With, the, with the tools. Well, the the thing that I've noticed is I have a lot of colleagues who are marketers, and they're in their 30s and 40s, and what they keep saying is, um, you know, I want to understand it, but none of my friends are on it, and so I can't use it and engage with it. And I've been on it a long time, but I'm always trying things new because that's what I do for a living, but I find the interface kind of awkward. So is that an age thing, or is it kind of an awkward interface? I think I mean, is it kind I of? I mean, I think, I mean, I don't know. It's hard for me to say because I feel like I'm so subjective <laughs> because I've been using it for so long. And yeah. I'm sure like, I mean, Sean can give you his perspective. I feel like for me, it's very actually intuitive Yeah. Uh, because I feel like it just, your finger is kind of going in the direction. Like if you don't like something, you're like kind of swiping down, which is like a no motion to me. So, um, yeah. and I think that that's actually something interesting that Snapchat did because yeah. they have a lot of functionality or lack of functionality, for example, that makes people talk about them. So just huh. the fact that their UI is so different yeah. actually sets them apart. So you have to ask me about it, right? right. And then you're creating a little bit more awareness. Right, when there's right. no discoverability, I have to tell you, hey, I'm on Snapchat or I have to have it on my badge so you can scan my code. If there is, for example, you know, no cross promotion in my Instagram bio, I have to put that in there. And so a lot of the things that people see as disadvantages are actually advantages and they are very intentional and, they're and very well, calculated. Well, they're strategic. Exactly. I, I know. I was just wondering if like genetically, because I crossed a certain age barrier that I would not be able to use the app. <laughs> but I mean, and I get some of the, you know, some of the stuff you're talking about very interestingly is patterned after WeChat in Asia, a lot of the QR code interface and a lot of that integration is very much part of what's going on in China. So it's very interesting when you talk about some of the things that are starting to be very successful in Snapchat, you know, because um, WeChat is all about, you know, QR codes and uh, swiping and doing different things and adding emojis. And, you know, I don't know if you guys have explored that at all. Yeah, well, uh, I, like I also think like... Uh, us as marketers or just individuals and brands, yeah. we got used to a specific way of using social media sites. Got Twitter it. is the same. Facebook is like this. There's this news feed. There's this um, search capability. Like there's all these the things. The followers. And the followers, right? Yes. We're used to seeing our following count. We're used to seeing likes. And um, and that's not on Snapchat. And I think a lot of us is just afraid of change. Yeah. Um, and this, this app brings something refreshing to the whole marketing capabilities as, that is out there. So... 
what what about the application as compared to other social media applications or websites bring about that change? Is it, you know, I, I guess for me, traditionally because i was i was around when facebook started right i and I, I was around when twitter started um you know i entered the digital space from regular traditional broadcast media in 2003 right so i've watched all of the culmination of social media start to take a hold you know over the course of time and how it impacts media but for me i'm an analytics guy right and so if you don't know who your followers are and your likes are how do you know based upon not having the information you know how to cater you know uh, the the messaging for either yourself or marketing a brand and then making sure that it's successful. How do you measure that if that information is not available on the Snapchat? Well, the way that I think about it is that, you know, obviously the, the people that adopt things first are usually the younger generation, right? They have the most time, they have the most energy, and they communicate the most with each other, right? So I'm, I'm talking about the high school demographic. They're constantly hanging out. They're sharing, like, what are you wearing? What are you doing? What do you want? How are we going to communicate? And obviously all the other social networks, if you think about their DNA, had so much visibility on the web, right? And right. so we're kids are always trying to run away from their parents, right? How do I just, you know, make my profile private? How do I block my parents? And Snapchat provided this almost like this getaway route of a oh, place yeah. that they can create content, they can engage. It's not so permanent. They don't feel like they have to take it so seriously and they can share and communicate in a way that is not going to be found on the web. And so as, you know, Snapchat came out in 2011, everyone that started using it was getting obsessed. And then now because 2011, for example, I was in college. Now I'm in, you know, my mid twenties, right? And now I'm evangelizing it, and it's just going to skew older as this generation, right, becomes a larger part of the population and a large part of the uh, buying power. Right. Yeah. So, but he's still from an analytic perspective. You get views. You at least see okay. um, how many people are viewing each image or video. Um, that you create. Um, with call to actions around screenshots, you can see that. So you can really gauge whether or not your audience is liking your content based on a, a, ten, uh, a um, retention rate of the story that you're creating, right? So um, I actually don't care about my f uh, friends list, the friend count growing. I really just care about views and the retention rate because I think that's most important. Uh, it's just like a commercial today, right? We Snapchat is like the new TV. And um, you're, you're gauging it based on the view from beginning to end of the story. So if you put out a piece of content and you start to see, you know, views that were climbing to an apex of, you know, whatever your baseline is, and then those views start to diminish over time or you don't see them growing anymore, is that, is that the litmus test for, okay, this content is maybe kind of dead. Let's move on to something else Try or, or something move, different. move forward. Yeah, you're not, you're not retaining the audience, right? So they can decide to tune out and opt out of your content at any point of your story. Story. So if you are posting content in a specific, you know, frame of time and you're seeing those retention numbers go down and that all the content has been up for the same amount of time, you're obviously seeing that that content is not engaging, right? right? And so I think um, to also address the other issue is that a lot of businesses or marketers, they're constantly looking for a platform that can just give them like a portal, right? Like we're so used to all these different SaaS products of like, okay, can I just like go on a portal and just like see all the numbers and just print it out and like hand it to to my CMO, 
And unfortunately, Snapchat doesn't have that capability yet. And so there's that extra step. And so for them, they say there's no analytics. Well, there is. There is okay. retention. You can check retention. Uh, if you have a and call to action screenshot. Retention is time spent or coming retention back Retention is them, times, them actually seeing. Like, for example, when you create a story, you submit multiple Snapchats to that story to create that storyline. Now, if someone only watches half of that, those numbers are going down. So that's what we're referring to in terms of retention. They're not watching your whole story. They're not watching each snap okay. because they're saying, oh, I'm bored. So the information's there. It's just a matter of it's just not we're as... using as, it differently. Yeah, it's not dialed in to right. um, like a level where some of us are Literally, it's not available on to. web. It's not... Like, you can see how many people have screenshotted. Right. You can um, You can write down how many people swipe up and engage with that one piece of content through chat. So there is analytics that are not in a sense of, not, that you and I are it's used not to. A da- but like, it's not a dashboard right. that yeah, a media manual. person would log on well, to. Well, that's good, because yeah. as long as you're getting some feedback on the effort that you're putting forward and you oh. know what's going on, then yeah. it's it's something that you can set a benchmark for and try to attain goals for those certain things. Or, you know, or like you said earlier, uh, tweaking the content or tweaking the different things things to find out exactly what's working. I mean, because we've been doing that, I think, since Facebook was invented for our demographic and Twitter is, you know, constantly evolving. Okay, well, this type of content or this type of video or this type of picture drove blank number of, you know, views or page views on the website, uh, which wasn't enough. So we go back and we rethink that and then, you know, kind of attack the strategy from a different kind of point of view. So it's a similar thing, just just different data. Yeah. And so in another way, too, I actually look at it and I don't really talk much about this because I don't have the opportunity, but you can really gain customer insight from your audience by just asking them. Like, the audience on Snapchat, if you ask them a question, they're in real time answering you back. But and how you do you create. ask it? Do you say it on the video? Do you write it in text? I mean, yep, how th- are you? However so you want. Yep, there's several you ways you can do it. Yep, yeah. but you can you can ask for it, and they're, they're willing to give you so, the information. So, do you know if the different types of mechanisms, like Lori was uh, was asking, you know, is is text on Snapchat questions um, get more feedback than video, or you know, which which one of those things is is more engaging? I would say, um, from my experience, um, I usually do my call to actions um, verbally and also add the text on the video. But majority of time, it's just a frame with image. Because one thing that I'm finding is that um, this generation is usually watching it in class, watching it. (laughs) They're watching it in a space where they're not listening to the audio. So you right, always got to right. consider that on a mobile device. I would have probably failed school if right. any of this technology right. existed when and I, I was in and high I'm, school. And I'm with you because when I'm either on a uh, you know train bus, standing somewhere, whatever, I'm, I hate it when videos come up. And because, it's loud and it's... Right. I want to read text when I'm catching those... those when I'm snacking. Yep. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, so let me ask you guys something because I know this is a big thing for, for YouTube stars um, when they launch is that they, they create personas. Right, and then you be, you become as associated with maybe a catchphrase or something they do every week or something like that. Is that how it is with Snapchat as well, or each of you sort of building your own brand and um, continuing to pound out that brand with similar concepts, ideas, themes, so that your users are expecting that? Yeah, I think that um, every person that's on Snapchat utilizes the platform differently because they do have such a variety of 
uh, tools and features that you can utilize. Um, for me, I definitely have a perspective and a voice in a certain type of content that I create. And so for me, um, I think someone wrote an article about me and they wrote like a creative adventure. And for me, it's about like, how do I take them on this travel journey or like take them to this restaurant and show my food and then add emojis and add creative that really um, enhances that image. And so for me, that's the way that I create Snapchats. Yeah. I don't take the time on my Snapchat to talk to my audience about the knowledge that I have. So that's not something they're accustomed to. Whereas someone else, for example, like Justin Kahn, who, uh, you know, founder of Twitch, he's only giving startup advice and he actually uses none of the functionality. And that, that's his brand. That's his brand. And right. my okay. brand is based on how am I using emojis? How am I drawing? How am I using the filter? How am I adding music? Right, right. So for me, that's what my audience expects. And if I try to deviate, I see that the retention goes down. Yeah. Oh, and, and you too. So what's your, your thing known for? Yeah. So for me, um, I'm known for interactive games on Snapchat. Oh, interesting. So how does that manifest? Uh, so actually, so since I draw on the platform, so I'll give you an example. Um, are you guys familiar with The Walking Dead? Yes. So I would create a Walking Dead story. I would go in my backyard and I would um, draw walkers coming after me in a snap story. And there is this function that when you tap on the screen, it moves to the next image or video in the snap story. But I, I use that as a, a button. So when you tap on, I, I put a little circle around the head of a walker and I say tap to kill. You tap it, it moves to the next frame, which it has this audio of killing a a walker so it's more of interactive oh my with god that is that's they're really really awesome if yeah, you guys, yeah that is crazy smart so i'm known for You're taking crazy smarty pants i'm known for <laughs> taking the functions so another example would be i would draw a maze um on a snap and i would say tell my audience screenshot the snap get me through the maze send it back to me so i can continue on with my story so I'm, I'm more of engaging and interactive content, which if I deviate from that on my Snapchat account, then my retention rate will go down because they don't care about my life. They don't care so about So they me. won't finish that whole story. Exactly. And so for you, you're teaching and you're becoming um, an expert and a guru for brands. So the kind of um, how-tos that you're doing fits inside of that. Yeah, so for me, the how-tos that I do really just fit what is intuitive to me, right? Yeah. Some people, like, they see, for example, I actually the only one that I did was more, like, on the education side was I did, like, a story about the chat 2.0 features that came out. And I did a series about that. And then that was the only time where everyone was like, do you work for Snapchat? Wait, what? They were really confused because I kind of deviated a little bit. But it was interesting because I just create content that I feel like really captures who I am as a person. Now, mm. when I'm strategizing with businesses, I put myself in their shoes, of course, right? I'm not telling them what I do. I will tell them, you know, depending this on- is what you should do. Right. But depending on their goals, their objectives, and what resources they have, that's when I tell them, you know, maybe I think you should educate. And this is how you should educate, right? Because there's um, the strategy and then there's the tactics. And so I have to understand all of the features and, you know, have a pulse on what different brands are doing for me to actually give- um, sound advice. Do you, Ryan, do you think you're going to start uh, Snapchatting? I will not start Snapchatting until I understand <laughs> how it all works. But yes, I, I will. It sounds interesting. I like yeah. to, you know, I, I have, I, I like to do uh, some storyline stuff myself that has nothing to do with my actual <laughs> life. So it does seem like a pretty creative outlet to, you know, kind of, you know, let people be aware of that creative outlet part of myself that's not part of, you know, my professional, my day to day. Yeah. 
Now, I know that um, they've announced that they are not going to allow traditional advertising models to creep into Snapchat. And so, right, he said he's not going to do ads. Well, I think they're going to do ads in a creative way. So, for example, we talked about it on the panel earlier. Um, having the autoplay stories actually provides them with an opportunity to stick a, stick a vertical ad in there, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. oh, so they're, they're having them run because they want you to just continue watching content. They oh, don't interesting. So you get the commercial between the next Exactly. One. And so oh. they're not going to, I mean, obviously they're not going to do it the way <laughs> YouTube does it or TV does it, but they're going to have their own model. And the autoplay has angered a lot of people. I can't tell you how many of my friends messaged me thinking that I have some sort of, you know, poll at Snapchat because I, you know, teach Snapchat. Like, can you tell someone about this feature? Because I absolutely <laughs> hate it because now I have to like automatically watch some guy that I don't want to watch. Right? So like, it, you don't just see, it rolls they don't into other people's Snapchat stories? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we had a similar issue with Voice America for a while because some of our content is autoplay when you land on like live radio, and so we had to kind of make a, a decision on okay, you know, if you this user experience on desktop we're auto-playing because that's what people are used to because our demographic on that is a little bit older. But with our mobile application and our, our, our browser ba mobile browser-based website, you have to push play and it doesn't auto-play because we started to see you know some decline in listenership because of just one, one, fun one function, just auto-play. And it did, it did kind of cause a disruption in people's ability to uh, want to continue listening to content or even coming to the site as a whole. So I just wanted sense. to ask you guys one, one more question. Um, do you think that, that like Facebook Live video, there will be other ways to create Snap, Snapchat content outside of the mobile phone? You know, like using other devices and playing with the API and sort of evolving it mm. beyond the, you know, the smartphone usage will it will do you think it'll ever <laughs> bounce out of that or you think it'll always stay within this I, I think right now they're they're just focused on making sure their users use the app um as an app as an app like, so right? so there won't be the um, go -to 4k cameras that you can connect and spit out snapchat content well i mean ipads support snapchat right okay. i know a lot of snapchat artists utilize you know the snapchat app because obviously you have a larger screen to work with but i think snapchat has been very very good about having really intentional product developments and their trajectory and every launch they've had has been extremely on point with the demographic, yeah, right? Smart. So like there has been very few updates that I feel like have been in the wrong direction, right? There might be a lot of people um, maybe that are a little bit older that might say, oh, I don't really get that. But all the features, like for example, uh, the, geo the facial recognition lenses, right? Having emojis all over the screen, having the uh, custom geo filters. They recently, the other day came out with... Um, the one where you can have the emojis moving on your screen, which I just found out about after our panel, right? God, how do you do that? I didn't. I never see this stuff. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> these are all functionalities, right, that if you know how to use them, right. it, is a, it is an amazing communication tool. And yes. just, I mean, It'll you can be so Lori, it's silly. all about time. Yeah, how much time, time do we spend... You know, yeah. on those, on those. Yeah, seventy-six percent yeah. <laughs> of my time on my mobile phone is on Snapchat, so oh that tells God, you one thing. So well, if you're looking yeah. at your phone 170 times a day, that's a lot of Snapchat. Yep. <laughs> well, that's how you also connect back to your community. Well, you guys, it's been so awesome. I mean, thank you so much for coming for you know the most popular panel at the NAB oh. show. Thank you for having and, us, and also for, for filling us. us in on more insights and sharing with us this exciting world. I mean, we all want to understand it because we're all 
in the content creation business in some kind. So uh, letting us into your world is so great. So where can we, tell us where we can find you guys. Yep, so again, my name is Sean Ayala. I'm a Snapchat interactive content creator and you can find me at seanayala.com. That's S-H-A-U-N-A-Y-A-L-A.com. Awesome. My name is Saba Sidili. You can find me on Twitter, Snapchat, uh, Instagram at Saba Sidili. Uh, my snap code is everywhere. I'm a marketing strategist, content creator, and uh, instructor around Snapchat for business. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate your time. Lori, take us out. Well, this has been a tremendous couple of days here at the NAB show in Las Vegas, and we're wrapping up three days of panels about broadcast, ad tech, and influencers, and how you navigate this new and exciting world of content. So this is goodbye for us from the Advanced Advertising Theater NAB Show 2016. I'm Lori H. Schwartz, your tech cat, and it's been a pleasure hanging out with Ryan Treasure from voiceamerica.com. We have been playing hard all week. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in NAB 2016. We're going to do it again very soon. Don't forget to go check out our podcast. It'll be up as soon as we get back from the event. We'll have all of the stuff available on all of the different uh, places. Tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. Stay tuned. Thanks, guys. Have a great one. NAB 2016. world leader in